bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy of World Harvest Ministries. And what a delight to have each and every one of you tuning in with us on this very special program. We are so grateful that you could join us. And uh, today also joining us uh, on this program is two more of our ministers, uh, World Harvest Ministers, uh, Pastor Fernando. Would you please greet the people? Yeah, it's a blessing and uh, and. Uh privilege to to come to God's people today. I'm looking forward to uh, today's program. Um, I know uh, that the Lord has a lot in store, and, and I will pray that God's people will be blessed and, and pray for us as we're uh, uh, going through this, this program, and that the Lord will have his way. Amen. Amen. And also joining us uh, on the line is Evangelist Marty Martinez. Brother Marty, so good to have you with us. Yes, praise the Lord. Uh, I'm really excited uh, to be with, uh, with with you two men of God as uh, as we begin our inaugural uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> it, it's our, amen. It's our desire uh, to to begin a whole new aspect of World Harvest Ministries uh, with the technology that we have today uh, and and all that's taking place around the world. Uh, we've come into agreement to uh, we feel be able to touch base with you the uh, internet and and listening audience and uh to to have current and and updated programming so that uh we can uh, we can walk together in the spirit and and be aware of what's taking place around the world so much is happening that uh we felt that it was necessary that uh yeah. while it's while it's good that we have meetings and crusades and you know uh you know conferences and all those things that the Lord allows us to do from time to time and, uh, and and we do upload our messages, uh, yet we feel there's an urgency uh, to do more than that and to be to be current. So we're excited about what we're we're endeavoring to do, and this is our inaugural program, and uh, and we're looking forward to uh, to what it is the Lord will will uh, will accomplish through this. I believe that many people are going to be touched and changed, and 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 even come to. Uh, to, to the knowledge of the word of God and salvation in, in their own right. And so we do encourage yes. all of you that are uh, listening <clears throat> who have been, you know, faithful uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord uh, and have linked with us in prayer in the past and, and, and in the present and who have been in our meetings or have heard our, our preachings and, 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 uh, and, and, and we encourage you to please let your your neighbors, your loved ones, uh, your pastors, uh, wherever you go to church, whatever it may be, let them know uh, that they can tune in and and uh, and also hear what uh, what it is that we're endeavoring to do. So I'm glad to join you guys. Amen. Likewise. Amen. It's uh it's you know I, I believe we are being compelled in this hour to to speak and and that's why we believe it's it's such a critical hour, such a prophetic hour that we are living in. You know yeah. we have. We have been seeing the news, we have been hearing hearing the news, and really so much has taken place just in this last month from My from earthquakes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just this week, uh, two earthquakes within the last week have hit Mexico. One was about right. uh, magnitude, registered about seven point something, but the, the biggest one was registered uh, a magnitude of 8.2. And That's they say that this was the most powerful to hit the country of Mexico in a century. Think about that. Incredible. In the last right. hundred years, this is the last, this is the, the highest 
a registered magnitude of 8.2 that hit Mexico. And, of course, we have heard of, of at least five hurricanes that have hit the south, the southeast, Hurricane Harvey, Irma, Jose, Maria, uh, Katia, I mean, the fifth one. Yes, and, yes. And not just that, a few weeks ago we had a, a sign in the heavens with the eclipse. Yes. You know, we are we are sensing not just that, but a political unrest, rumors of wars, a possible nuclear attack. I mean, the question must That's be incredible. asked, what is happening? What is taking place, brother Marty? What what is what is happening right now? What is taking place? You know, I, I guess people. What we're searching is is what does the Bible say? What is what is yeah. God yeah. telling us prophetically? And you know, someone said the other day that we are literally seeing Matthew twenty four. Uh, everything that is happening is, is coming out right, right out of the pages of Matthew mm-hmm. twenty four. What is happening? What is taking place, my brother? Well, it's it's interesting you you uh, point out Matthew twenty four because uh, that's really where the Lord prompted me to to open the discussion with uh, today. Uh, first of all, the eclipse you mentioned was, as you said, it was just a little over thirty days ago, actually uh, twenty nine days ago uh, or thirty. Yeah. I forget. It was August the twenty first, I believe it was, two thousand seventeen. Uh, for the first time. In a hundred years, or 99 years, I believe the last time that it happened was in 1917 or 1918, uh, where a total solar eclipse occurred, and 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 the uh, movement of of the path as the as as the Earth flew by the sun uh, uh, was directly across the continental United States, beginning in Oregon and going all the way across the heart of this country. And exiting uh, at South Carolina, and, at, and and when the eclipse actually began uh, in Oregon on August the 21st, the moment the eclipse uh, began, a full solar eclipse, the sun was setting in Jerusalem, and and wow. so while the the sun went dark in Jerusalem, uh, in its natural course of events, the sun uh, and the light went out across the United States. Uh, on that very day, at that very moment, at that very second. And I don't believe that this is by accident at all because of what you mentioned earlier, Pastor Jeremy, uh, and correctly so, uh, the things that began to transpire almost immediately after that eclipse took place. Yes. We, we had, we had that yes. major hurricane by the name of Harvey that, that happened to the United States four, I believe it was four days later. Uh, that hit the coast of uh, the United States in the Gulf of Mexico there, and uh, tens of thousands of people uh, literally were were made homeless. Uh, they're still recovering. Uh, it, it 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 was only a few short days ago, really, like we were talking about, uh, less than 30 days ago, and yet it seems like it was last year because so much is happening around the world <laughs> prophetically. Right. Uh, that it's, um, you know, there's that scripture, brothers, if you can remind me, uh, where it says, um, <clears throat> if you get weary, uh, uh, walking with the foot soldiers, what you gonna do when, 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 when the warriors on the horses come riding by, you know? Uh, it, right. it's almost as if event is overtaking event, you know, uh, that we, we, it, we, it's like you, you don't even have time to process 
uh, the, and we're not just talking about small events here. We're talking about cataclysmic events. Uh, it, it seems like, you know, you hear the, the terms, you know, the first time in a century or the, I remember when Harvey hit just a few short days ago, about three weeks ago, they were calling it the storm of the millennium. <laughs> and then, and then only three days after Harvey, uh, comes Hurricane Irma that goes up the east coast of, uh, of the United States, right through Florida, uh, all within a seven day period after the, uh, you know the the initial uh, eclipse that we were talking about occurred, and subsequently since then we've had you know many many more events taking place, one on top of the other on top of the other, and each one uh, you, you know the the secular media and the secular press has been labeling it. It's not just the people in the church; it's the actual secular media that's been putting uh, labels like apocalyptic. Or, or you know, right. doomsday, or you know, I mean, they, they've been using these incredibly descriptive terms to describe what's what's actually taking place. So it's 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 an amazing thing that the world itself is testifying uh, uh, about these events. Maybe not even, of course, not even knowing what they're saying, but they're actually testifying to the fact that, uh, as you were saying earlier, that the uh, it's as if the word of God has become. The, the daily newspaper, you can literally open the scriptures and and and, and look at it, and and it's as if uh, it was printed today and, and for today's news. And in fact, it 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 uh, it is. I mean, it is, um, you know, happening according to the words that were spoken by our Lord. Um, what do you uh, do? You see what I'm seeing, or or what do you guys think? Yeah, uh, I think Psalms uh, Psalms 19 brings that out. You spoke about seems like every day. You know, prophecies being fulfilled. It's like uh, the word of God says, uh, "Day to day, right? Uh, show it uh, day unto day. Knowledge. Yes, day unto day, day right? Yeah. And night unto yes. night. Reveals a revelation of God. It it it's happening. Before I mean, all we have to do is just wake up each morning, and we're right. finding out something is happening around mm-hmm. the world. You know, we're we're on the eve of uh, Rosh Hashanah. The 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 uh, Jewish uh, the beginning of the Jewish New Year, um, so everything is everything is all linked, you know, and it's going back to Israel. Um, yes, the treatment of Israel as a nation by our nation. Uh, yes, I think the hurricanes and the signs in the heavens and and the earthquakes that we're seeing, um, God is speaking uh, to our nation and to the nations of the world. Hey. Uh, the way you treated my people, uh, I have not yes. turned a blind eye to it. So yes. God is speaking very loudly to us, and, and on a daily basis, it seems like. Yes. Well, you know that's a, you know that's a really profound point. That you, did you want to say something, Pastor Jeremy? No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Pastor. Well, that's a that's a profound point that you that you brought out the the connection between how Israel is being treated, not only by the nations of the world, but specifically. Uh, the, the the policies of of the uh, of the United States uh, government. What's interesting yeah. and and uh, to me is is that and, and you can actually do a study on this. I don't have the the, the facts uh, in front of me at the moment, but you know you can easily Google it and and you'll be shocked to see that every time the United States in any way has tried to uh, force Israel or push Israel in a direction that causes her to relinquish the land that was promised to to, to Father Abraham uh, and given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, every time we have forced them into a, a position where 
they would have to give up territory in the name of peace, you can track it. Just, just, and I challenge the listening audience to do this. Just take from 1948, 1948 when Israel became a nation on May the 14th, 1948. Uh, track it from that point. Just Google it, and and uh, and and compare uh, from every time that we as a nation have tried to. Uh, cause Israel to surrender land or to stop building on the land that she has been given, uh, you'll notice that some sort of calamitous event has taken place in the United States, whether it be a tornado, uh, a, a fire, a hurricane, an earthquake, that... Uh, financial chaos. <laughs> yes, financial exactly. Uh, that You'll see that there's parallels all along the way over the last, uh, how long has it been now? 70 years, uh, approximately 70 years since they were established yeah. as a nation. You will, you will see that every time we made a, we made a move, uh, to cause Israel to surrender land or to stop building or anything like that, we, we have been hit with, with a major hurricane, uh, an earthquake or something like that that has caused us to, to our own people to lose territory. Our own people's houses to be torn down, wow. and it's it's quite an amazing study that that you can do when 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 you do that. So, you know, when you pointed out about Israel, you know, and how she's being treated, paralleling with what is actually taking place uh, currently as we speak, uh, uh, you're right on uh, as far as that goes. And like you said, it's like you know, you go to sleep at night, you wake up in the morning, and someone says, "Okay, what?" <laughs> What crazy thing has happened in the last, you know, 20 hours or eight hours? You know, it's, right. it's actually happening like that. It's leapfrogging on top of each other. But let me, uh, unless you guys have something else to say here, uh, I wanted to just point this out, and we'll go from in this direction. Um, in Matthew 24, I see the parallels because this is one of the classic, uh, um, you know, utterances of our Lord Jesus, where where he was asked. Just prior to his uh, to his his passion and 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 sacrifice of himself on Calvary, uh, and and just prior to his resurrection, of course, uh, he was in Jerusalem with his disciples, and and the disciples were marveling at the the structure of the temple, Herod's temple, that was a continuation of the construction project that had been begun by Zerubbabel some four hundred. Years earlier, uh, Herod, when he came to power, uh, added on to the temple and, and made it this magnificent uh, structure, so that so that people came from all over the Middle East to behold it. And there's an account in the scripture in Matthew chapter 24 where it says, and, I, and I'll just read it in chapter 24, verse one. It says in the book of Matthew, it says that Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his wow. disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said, do you not see all these things? Truly I say unto you that there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And then verse 3 continues. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? Now, 
I don't know about you guys, but it's 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 an incredible uh, intellectual leap. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. As an individual, right. when think of this, they're walking with the Lord. They're enamored with the architecture and the splendor of the temple, and they're trying to like point out to Jesus, "Hey, you know, check this out. Isn't this cool? I mean, this looks really cool." And it would be like you and I, uh, us going with our families to the only way I could, you know, kind of give people an idea of what it might have been like is uh, is is in Rome, Italy, where the Catholic Church has been built and the Vatican right. sits, right? Vatican. Yes, and 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 the opulence and the gold and the marble, you know, just this magnificent uh, uh, the Sistine Chapel. I mean, you know, some of the most magnificent looking uh, architecture in the whole world is at Vatican City. Well, it's kind of like that when the disciples were were leaving the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, they were they were just they were they were so blown away by the by the structures, and they began to point that out to Jesus, and they go from that. To Jesus totally taking their mind away from the temporary uh, structure of the building to refocusing their thoughts on on the truth of the matter, which is that is that God's kingdom is coming, and that religion, as they were pointing out to him, and religious structures were about to be judged and thrown down, and it's an incredible shift in in the casual conversation. You know, you go from walking with the Lord, talking about, isn't this beautiful, to all of a sudden he gets a hold of our minds and says, hey, refocus here, man. Because the truth of the matter is, is that everything you're looking at right now, not one stone yeah. is going to be left upon another. Now, I know that the Holy Spirit was, the Bible tells us, moving through the Lord Jesus Christ without measure. He is God manifested in the flesh. So when he spoke these words, simple as we as they were, as we read them in verse 2, uh, it, it penetrated their hearts to such a degree that verse 3 occurs, which is the Holy Spirit now having affected their minds and their hearts causes them almost, you can almost hear the echo of, of, of fright or fear in their voices when they say, uh, they come to him, and, and, and it was bothering them because the Bible says in verse 3, it says, well, let's just read verse 2 again. It says, Jesus said unto them, do you not see all these things? They're referring to the temple that they were trying to, you know, ask him how, you know, uh, what he thought about it. And can you imagine asking God, yeah. <laughs> aren't you impressed with this temple? And he who slung the heavens into existence, you know, are you impressed with this? I mean, come on. Yeah. That's, that's a side note. But anyway, okay. But I know that it affected them so deeply because in verse 3, <clears throat> this this is sometime later because they had to leave the temple structure. They had to walk down through the Kidron Valley cross over the, 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 the brook there and then head up onto the Mount of Olives. So this is probably about a 30-minute walk, if you will, and, and, and maybe even a little bit longer than that because at that time, Jerusalem was filled uh, with uh, hundreds of thousands of Jews that had come from all over the country to celebrate the Passover. So it was a festival time. And what I mean by that is that it was a significant time in the calendar of the religious calendar uh, of the Jew. And so it's interesting to me, uh, as a side note, that that these prophetic events were taking place during a a prophetic season or or, or a season that marked uh, something great in the display of the power of God in that it was the Passover season. 
And so I find it quite interesting that we, as we have began the conversation today, uh, are, are right. experiencing all that we're experiencing, uh, you know, that, that we related to hurricanes and, and fires and, and wars and rumors of wars and political instability and on and on and on, all within the last 29 to 30 days since a celestial sign in the heavens has occurred uh, at, at, at precisely the time and the season in the Hebrew calendar uh, from the month of Av to the month of Elul to the 10 days of Ah into Rosh Hashanah into Yom Kippur and then the, the Feast of, of Trumpets. All of this is happening as we're recording this program today, uh, September the 20th, 2017. So I see parallels in it that when Jesus told them that everything was about to be thrown down, they take approximately a 45-minute walk or so, and then the Bible tells us in verse 3 that he comes to sit on top of the Mount of Olives. And it's interesting that what begins to transpire after that, it's almost like the, uh, a, a prelim, if you will, uh, 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 to the book of Revelation, because uh, yeah. the book of Revelation hadn't been written yet, right? But but in essence, it is it is one of the more profoundly um, revealing uh, prophetic statements that Jesus had had given to his disciples uh, up until that point, and he and he and he takes them to the very place, and and I sense his presence as I say this, he takes them right. to the very place where where he will come back the Bible says, and set his foot on the Mount of Olives at his second coming. He takes them to that place and begins to reveal to them what must transpire first and the judgments that will transpire over the generations that were yet to come leading up to our our very day. And we know in verse 3 now that, that, that this whole scene is taking place. We know that our Lord is just hours away from being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane taken in, in uh, by by the temple guards uh, in violation of Levitical law at night, uh, hurriedly brought into a trial where he will be accused and, and, and mocked and, and disrespected to the nth degree uh, as murder was flowing through the hearts of the Sanhedrin and the leadership of Israel. Uh, he's only hours away from from uh, from from experiencing. Uh, the 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 grotesque and vicious torture of the Roman government, whom 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 he was handed over to, in order to uh, to be scourged and 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 the hopes of the religious leaders at the time was not only scourged and beaten but 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 in effect crucified and which he was. So he's hours away from this taking place. He's made this statement to the disciples that everything will be judged and torn down and he takes them geographically to the very place where he will set his foot at his second coming and then begins to unfold what we're about to uh, discuss. Let me interject there. Um, um, yeah. I feel the buildup in, in, in his presence as you're explaining the, the moment, those critical yeah. 24 hours um Perhaps the most critical 24 hours in the history of men. In the history of, of everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah, where our Lord would 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 die and shed His blood for us and and redeem us from from sin and redeem the world. And and what's amazing to me is the the thoughts you you, you spoke about. We focusing the thoughts of the disciples. 
they they didn't quite understand the moment because wow. the focus was on the temple. Yeah, and I think I think if you picture, uh, and that's where we're coming uh, to, to the people and to the listeners uh, through this podcast, uh, because that's what we're sensing in our hearts. We we really sense that as we look at the landscape of of the church. Uh, 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 here in, in our nation and abroad, uh, we see that the focus of the people are on other things. Amen. Yes. And how do we know that? How do we know that? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Turn on the Christian television channel. Mm-hmm. And, you'll, and you'll see. Because we see here Jesus, he, he, he wanted to, uh, uh, to, to put, put the focus and he takes him to that geographical place where he will, you know, where he would ascend to, uh, to heaven, correct? Yeah. Um, and, and come again, and he yeah. takes him there. It's like he's telling him, "Listen, I want you to understand things concerning uh, about my coming." Powerful. And that—that's what God is trying to do today. The very same thing He did with His disciples is what God is. He declares the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. He's, he's trying to uh, let His people know, "Hey, you need to re- refocus your thoughts." You need to lift up your head because my redemption draws. Now, I just want to interject that point there. I, I think it's, it's so powerful. Yeah. Again, it's, it's it's the most critical moment in, in human history. All these things yeah. are taking place. He's on his way to the cross, you know, and, and he's trying to, to let them know something, something very important. And, yeah, I would like to chime in, too. You know, uh, the spiritual climate here in our country, in our country here in the United States, uh, I see s- such a clear parallel with what you were talking about. The disciples saying, look at our building, right? Uh, the same thing in America today, uh, with, with the establishment. Look yeah. at our, uh, at our ministry, you know? Look the, yeah. at the greatness and, and everything is revolved around that. And, and Jesus is, 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 is saying, man, really, he was the sign. Yeah. You know, when they were looking at the temple, he was that sign. They were looking at him, but they missed it. And, you know, yeah. one of the questions that, as I see around, is, is I see such a uh, slothfulness. Uh, let me see. How, how do I say this? Um, I, I ask myself, why are not people paying attention? You know, God is clearly speaking. You know, we we, we yeah. started with the eclipse, right? Yeah. The eclipse that only took place here in America where we could see it. Yes. And four days later, right, as you as you mentioned, all these yeah. things began to happen. Is God speaking also here specifically to this nation? <clears throat> well, that's a question, isn't it? <laughs> and and, yeah. and uh, continue, if you were going to say. No, no, that, that too. That, that's the question I want to pose. Yes, well, I precisely <laughs> believe. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say. Is that the parallel we see God speaking here to our nation with all yes. these things? And still, you ask people what's going on. They don't have a clue. Right. They don't have a clue of what is taking place, how God is clearly speaking in our time. That's a powerful statement that that. that that they had no clue as and 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 the correct word is a parallel are these things being paralleled out are are we 
in, in effect, repeating history, as Brother Fernando also pointed out, that it is a principle within the Word of God where it says that God declares the end from the very beginning. So in miniature, if you will, what we see in the pages of Scripture, in the stories that we read, they are precursors to a much larger event that would occur at the end of time. So in, in essence, right. it does parallel. Now, imagine that the disciples, they're walking with Jesus, for goodness sake, the Son of the living God, and they had no clue. And they were walking wow. with him. Uh, how much more us, you know, who, who, who have the spirit, uh, it, it, it is no, uh, it's, it's, it's no, it's no, uh, coincidence that, that many, um, are, are asleep. Now, what was it? And you, I love the way you pointed that out and not to get too far off topic, but it, it needs to be interjected, is that what took away their vision from from ultimate kingdom things were temporary things of religion. And not only temporary things of religion, but religion at its grandi- grandiosity or at, at its yes. large large net. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, like you were saying, how big is my ministry? How big... And you, you pointed out uh, also uh, earlier uh, about turning on Christian television uh, just on one of the major satellite carriers in the United States. There's over 11, 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week uh, Christian networks on on air, 11 channels, separate channels, separate ministries. Uh, and, and if you turn them on at any given moment of the day <laughs> – you will, you will, if you're fortunate, you might even hear the word Jesus, uh, and let alone, you know, let alone something about his second coming. And it's, it's, it's incredible how far, uh, uh, we've strayed from what we are supposed to be doing, and that is, uh, lifting up our heads for our redemption draws near. And, and so, yes, uh, I believe there, there are parallels. I believe that we, and that is the question that every generation has had to ask itself throughout history is where are we that is christian uh the church itself is where are we in the economy of 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 the prophetic things of god it is it is incumbent upon every generation to ask that question but we do know yeah. as we were saying earlier that as jesus sat on the mount of olives that he begins to unfold uh everything that will take place from the time he began to speak it some 2000 years ago all the way down the corridors of of history itself leading to the conclusion of of, of the age of uh, uh of of mankind bringing it to an end and and ultimately witnessing the establishment of the kingdom of god on the earth the second coming of the lord and so i believe that is why he took them as we were discussing earlier to the very spot that, as you pointed out earlier, he not only did he ascend into heaven, but we were told in the book of Acts that the angels said, ye, ye men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing up into heaven? This very same Jesus uh, that you have seen go up into the clouds, to paraphrase it, this Jesus uh, shall come again in like manner. So <clears throat> that is where he directs their attention. And it's interesting to me, not only that, but that he... He has to take them up on top of a mountain. So he takes them up on a mountain. And what is characteristic of a mountain is that it sits above everything else. 
So it's almost right. as if he he is he is uh, I don't even know what the right word would be, but it's as if he's he's giving us an example that if you want to see things clearly, you're going to have to rise above everything that obstructs your vision, anything that gets mm. in the way of you seeing. Uh, otherwise, you can't. <clears throat> excuse me. Otherwise, you can't see what it is I'm about to tell you. So he yes, takes yes. them in the natural to express a spiritual truth and a spiritual understanding. Now, we know from the book of Revelation 19.10, as we've talked about many times in our private conversations, that, that we are told there that the testimony of Jesus, the very testimony of Jesus, is the spirit of prophecy. Spirit of prophecy. Right. And so the signs that were given and what was unfolding uh, on the Mount of Olives and, and what he was about to begin to tell us and to tell his disciples would carry through from that generation <clears throat> all the way onto the ours. And because we know from that point on, it was only a matter of 40 years or so, give or take a year or two, the, where the very prophecy that he gave of the destruction of the great temple in Jerusalem would actually take place in AD yes. 70 as, as the Roman governor, as the Roman general, excuse me, Titus, under the command of Caesar Vespasian, I believe it was, he told him to go and destroy Israel and to, and to put down a Jewish revolt, uh, who, these people who had rejected the Messiah, were, were trying to overthrow the Roman government and issue uh, the kingdom of God upon the earth under their own power, under their own strength. It led to their destruction. But what's interesting is that Jesus said what? Not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be torn down. Now, we're not just talking about, you know, a brick wall here. We're talking about 100-ton uh, limestone, granite, you know, blocks of, of, of finely cut stone uh, and towering walls uh, that were constructed that, 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 you know, made up the temple. And Jesus gives this profound declaration that, it, that it's, it's only going to be within a generation that every single one of these hundred-ton blocks are going to be dismantled and destroyed and thrown down. Well, that's the very first test of the veracity of whether he truly was the Son of God. What in the world short of a massive earthquake could could possibly cause all these stones to be torn down. Well, if you read in the writings of Flavius Josephus, for example, he said that uh, it was told to the Roman soldiers when they came down in A.D. 70 that the Jews had hidden gold in between the stones, almost like mortar, uh, as a way of hiding and concealing the wealth of the temple. And so when they came down to actually put down the rebellion that was occurring in Jerusalem at the time, they heard the rumors and the soldiers decided, my gosh, if there's gold in between these stones, I need to, we need to do whatever we can to tear them down to get at the gold. Well, this is exactly uh, what they did, and they began to tear apart the temple stone by stone, and they were fulfilling the words of Jesus, and, and they weren't even realizing that's what they were doing. So now that's just a side note, but listen to this. He says, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. So we know something in that as well. That's what we were talking about a little bit earlier, is that they went from talking about the great structures and all that stuff uh, to some 30-minute walk uh, in a crowded Jerusalem hours before the crucifixion 
and they're troubled in their spirit. They're troubled because the master completely ignored, uh, you know, what they were interested in and brought them back to reality with some shocking words that, that in their generation, that that, that 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 temple would be absolutely and completely destroyed, and so it was it was of such a, a penetrating uh, declaration to their hearts and their minds that when they get to the Mount of Olives, they come to him troubled, and 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 they want to and they wow. want to know they want to know what did they say? This is that they as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately now. We know that he had his 12 apostles, but, you know, when they traveled, there was, you know, a couple hundred people with him at all times, you know. Uh, they were always following. They were, they were they were following the Lord. So they actually withdrew themselves from the from their brothers and, and got close to the Lord. They were being so moved by the words that he had just spoken to them some half hour before. And, and they were compelled out of fear, out of fright. They could sense something. Even as I believe the people in our age are beginning to sense something, even the the stupidest among us <laughs> is beginning to say, "What in the world is going on? Something's right. happening." So it was kind of like right. that kind of an attitude that came to Jesus and said, and, "And and and this is what they said." They came to him, verse three, chapter twenty-four of Matthew, verse three, and he, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying or asking him. Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world or the end of the age? So they asked him three questions, three specific questions. When shall these things be? What things are those? What we've been discussing. When will the temple be destroyed like you just said? They wanted to know that. Then they asked him, uh, what would be the sign of his coming? This is so profoundly interesting to me and in how I know that they were speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit because they were asking the correct question without even understanding uh, what was about to take place. Even though he had revealed to them all along the way that his mission, his primary mission upon the earth was to come and to suffer and to die on Calvary and, and then and how many times are we told in the scripture that uh, it says uh, this he spoke of his death and his resurrection, but they didn't understand, right? They didn't understand that he was telling them that he was going to die, and they didn't really understand that he was telling them he was going to rise from the dead. Yet, in the second question that they ask him on the Mount of Olives, they ask him about the sign of his coming, his second coming. So I know that the Holy Spirit inspired them to ask a question that they had no idea what they were asking to begin with. They were not theologically uh, advanced enough at that point in their understanding of the plan of the kingdom of God at that point to ask this question. So we know that it was the Holy Spirit that was moving upon their hearts to ask the question, not only for them and their time, but for every generation that would live afterwards, bringing us up to this time right now. So three questions were asked. And when you go off into verse chapter 24, 25, 26 of Matthew, you are literally reading the response of Jesus Christ to those three questions. He systematically begins to tell them exactly what would happen, when it would happen, how it would happen, and the result of, of each event and, and its happening. 
So he begins, and, and he begins to tell them uh, the answers to their questions, and it brings us to our time now. Uh, it leads up to our time now, because as we were talking about earlier when we opened up this conversation, so much is taking place now that we need to ask ourselves the question. We need to ask the very same questions that the disciples asked to the to the Lord. That's the questions in our prayer closet we should be asking him right now. When shall these things be, Lord? Right. Because the truth of the matter is, is that notice he responds. If you ask the correct question, he will he will respond to you. And and they were living in yeah. prophetic yeah. times. Okay, prophetic times are times where uh, where the word of God is fulfilled, where a prophecy of God is given, and a generation comes about that witnesses the fulfillment of that prophecy. And so when we see the disciples asking these three pointed questions under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it's a signpost to us in our generation. When we begin to see these things happening, we should be prompted just as they were and moved upon by the Holy Spirit in our time with the Lord, in our in our studies, in our meditations, to ask the very same questions. Tell us, tell us, when shall these things be? It's in prophetic times that men's hearts are stirred and that their minds begin to question. And it's it and this too is a gift of the spirit. And so as that is what we are endeavoring to do with the discussions that we've begun and are having now is to ask these very same questions. Lord tell us what's going on. What's happening? It's 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 let me ask you this, Brother Marty. Yes. Okay. Um we see that the Holy Spirit began to raise up questions in the hearts of the disciples. And we spoke yes. about Matthew 24 being a parallel of the last days. Um, yes. and, and I do believe, and I sense it in, in, in my prayer time and, and even so, some of the uh, uh, emails that we receive here at the ministry, um, the people are hungry. They're in essence saying, tell us. Yes. Tell us more about these things. My question to you is this now. Uh, Is the establishment, the preachers of today, uh, acquiescing to uh, the the, the questions of the people, the demand of the people? Because people want to hear the word of God. But, uh, you know, uh, in your experience, and and, and, and this goes for Pastor Jeremy too, what is it? that the preachers are doing today. Because I, 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 we do see the, the preaching of the coming of the Lord uh, here and there, but by and large, it's not something that that is really proclaimed as it should be, I feel, um, yes. across America's pulpits. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and, and it's really interesting because uh, the Lord said the very same thing in, in his response. Uh, he said that that very condition would take place uh, amongst the, right, the the preachers, right? right? He said, "Take yeah. heed what that that no man deceive you." So the very first thing, which is so profound, that he that he begins to proclaim to us and to the disciples at that time, in response to his to to prophetic fulfillment and the coming of the kingdom of God, and so forth and so on. Is, is that he wants us right off the bat to understand that a spirit of deception will pervade the leadership. And so that's how he starts out. He says, and he, and he warns us. He says, take heed 
that no man deceive you. And then he goes on in verse 5 to say, many shall come in my name, saying that I am the Christ and shall deceive So he says, it's so profound to me. It's interesting because remember the first thing they asked him was, when shall these things be? Right? Tell us. When shall these things be? What things? When shall the established uh, uh, stone temple of Jerusalem, if you will, representative of the establishment of religion, when shall it be torn down? The very first thing he says is a marker of the fact that, that, that it's about to come down is that there will be those many, not a few, he said, but many will be arise, arising within the establishment itself, but propelled by a different spirit. A spirit that brings a slumber and a deception upon God's people so that it leads God's people away from what is actually taking place into another direction so that they fall under a deep slumber. Go ahead, please. Isn't it amazing that the next chapter deals with that very issue, the spirit of slumber? Yes. Yeah, the, the speaking the of the virgins, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Elaborate what, a little bit. What, yeah. what, no, what I don't, want, things, I don't want to get you off track. No, no, no. But go ahead. Can I say something, too? Well, um, yeah, chapter absolutely. 25, yeah. one of the things that catches me is about the parable that he gives, um, the, uh, like Pastor Fernando was talking about, the ten virgins. And one of the alarming things that happens, because in reality there, uh, God is speaking about ten virgins, right? And, you know, we yeah. always see the five foolish, five prudent. But it says in verse 5 that while the bridegroom tarried, Mm. They yes. all slumbered and slept, and, yes. and 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 the way I connect that, if if you read actually in verse forty eight of, of chapter twenty four, when he gives um when he speaks about the two servants, right, one yes. the, the one who who did what he he said, the other one that was evil, he said, and if the evil servant shall say in his heart, my lord delayeth his coming, yeah, um, we see what Peter says in Second Peter chapter three. In verse nine through ten, and this is also you know trying to answer why people are not responding and in, uh, in in chapter in chapter three of second Peter in verse four, you know Peter would warn warn us and say where what people would say, where is the promise of his coming? Yes, for since the fathers actually the verse before said says, knowing this verse that there shall come. In the last, in the last day, prophets, yes, mockers, yes. walking. Mm. You know, I believe mm. this is ministers too. Mm. After Absolutely. their own lust. Yes. Where is the saying? Where is the promise of the of his coming? For since Excellent. the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Yes. And, and I like this in verse eight and verse nine. But you know, Peter uh, Peter said, "But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing." That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and yeah. a thousand years as one day. The Lord yeah. is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but yeah. that all should come to repentance. Yes, praise God. Wow. That, Let me say this. Go ahead. Uh, so, so yeah. Please go on, Brother Marty. Huh? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they tell Jesus, look at these, this beautiful edifice, the temple. Um, but but the issue lied within the temple. 
yes, as to why they, they could not as to why they could not understand what he was about to tell them. It was the duty of the the leadership, uh, yes, the the, the uh, inside the temple, uh, to prepare the people for Christ's coming. Yes. So here Jesus begins to do the ministry that they should have been doing, you know, uh, the <laughs> yes. last uh, the last century you know, at least, was, right? Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, so they should have been doing that ministry, you know, preparing yes. God's people. And, and, and before you go on, brother Fernando, before you go on, let me just interject. They knew. Because that was contemporary That's leadership. True. That's true. And what and what I mean by that is that if you remember the story of of the of the wise men that came from uh, from uh, Mesopotamia or the Ur of the Chaldees, right around that area in uh, what we call modern day Iraq, they came across the desert sands, following the signs in the heavens to to uh, to come worship uh, the baby Jesus or the toddler Jesus. He was about almost two years old. And we're told in the account of the birth of Christ uh, that when the wise men came into Jerusalem, that it shook the whole city, uh, that they got an audience with the king, Herod. Uh, they told him about the signs, and then he says, well, go find him and, and then come back and tell me where he is so I can come and worship him too. But the story further records that you know he had evil intentions and was desiring to actually destroy the Messiah which he intended to do by dispatching his soldiers throughout all the coast of Israel, the Bible says, killing all the firstborn male children two years old and under. But but when they left his presence, the, the very same leadership that was now in Jerusalem, as you were pointing out, only now Jesus sitting upon the Mount of Olives is 30 years old, that same leadership, many of them were still in existence, who told Herod exactly where he would be born and exactly what was taking place in the heavens and the signs. So they knew, they knew and had an understanding that it was time. Yet, as you said, they failed to rise to the level of the good shepherd and, and warn the people of the coming of the Lord. You know, as a side note, I always used to feel that as a young man, when I studied the prophetic scriptures, I, and, and I thought about just the, how horrible and and I can't even imagine. I mean, I can't even put it into words, really, what it would be like to have the temple guard and, and, and Herod's, you know, militia army go throughout the coast of Israel and, and, and break into your house in the middle of the night or in the middle of the day or whenever and, and grab your child and thrust it through with a sword, uh, a, a satanic sword, if you will, uh, being driven to, to kill the Messiah. What a horrible thing to experience at that time. And 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 I thought how 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 unfair was that? That's how I used to think as a young man. I was like that. Does it just seem so unfair, Lord, that, that that would happen to these innocent people? What was going on? Uh, and 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 I finally came to peace in my heart when when the Lord reve- revealed to me, at least as I needed to have it revealed at the time. He said I was not unfair and I was not unrighteous in any way. It is what you what you were both pointing out. In the beautiful scripture you just quoted, Pastor Jeremy, in Second Peter, uh, chapter three, there, uh, where it says that that there'll be deceivers. When when you pointed out, Brother Fernando, that that the failure was within the structure itself of the leadership to warn the people, it was the same thing throughout the synagogues of Israel at that time. 
there were multiple signs in the heavens. There were multiple indications that something profound was about to happen. We also know from the account in the Gospel of St. Luke that uh, uh, Zechariah, the priest, uh, after the order of uh, uh, the eighth order, uh, 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 of course, of, of ministry Abijah. within the temple of Abijah, that's what the word I was looking for, after the order of Abijah, uh, he's in, in, in there and, and, and he has a visitation from the angel Gabriel uh, as he's burning incense uh, on the right-hand side of the altar. And and he's told by the angel Gabriel that, that his, his wife, Elizabeth, indeed was about to become pregnant and that she would bring forth a child and that his name was to be called John and that he would go forth as he grew older, he would grow, go forth as as one who would prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah, and he, that he would he would be governed under the spirit and the power of Elijah. So many of the leadership were in the temple at that time when these events were taking place. Uh, when when we, they had a visitation from from the angel Gabriel, one of their beloved priests who had been coming for you know generations, he was well stricken in years. The Bible says so that he was well known amongst the leadership. Suddenly he can't talk. He had apparently he had a vision within the temple, so it wasn't like there wasn't there wasn't any signs or indications among the leadership to take notice. There were plenty, and and even after John was born, John the Baptist, that is, uh, we know that 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 uh, the leadership in Jerusalem, many of them, because apparently uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth only lived a couple miles away from Jerusalem, they were gathered at the birth of John and at the at the dedication of John and and uh they wanted to name the baby Zechariah and 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 Ze after his father but Zechariah if you remember had not spoken a word for 9 months you know as 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 a punishment that was imposed upon him for for not believing uh what the angel Gabriel had told him about his son that was about to be born to his wife yep. uh witnessing uh, signs, and, and I understand this, those of you that are listening, we're not just talking about regular people that are that are sitting in the pews, if you will, that are just sitting in the chairs listening to the preachers. We're talking about the preachers themselves who knew better right. and who and who knew the word, who are trained, right. who are trained to be looking for signs. So we 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 know that we're not talking about some some synagogue on the outskirts of Beersheba or the other side of the country in Dan, you know, we're talking about Jerusalem itself is where the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah. So it's within the highest order of leadership that signs began to manifest themselves all along the way. Wow. And so and so they were prepared, amply prepared uh, and trained uh, to to notice these things. I mean that that's that was their job and yet they that's failed. Right. That's right. They failed to tell the people of these things. They failed to communicate that something is happening. We know from the account in the Gospel of St. Luke that when that was happening with Zechariah, for example, uh, that that on the outside of the holy place, which is where he was at, uh, they, were, they were discussing among themselves why is he taking so long to do his ministry inside of the holy place, burning incense before the Lord. They knew something was going on on the inside, and they, because he was in there for a long time. Well, we know from the gospel account that he was actually having that visitation from Gabriel. So you know as well as I do that, you know, if something like that happens, you, you tell your friend, you tell your brother, you, and he tells his friend, and he tells his friend. So amongst the leadership, signs were, were already 
appearing, but, but they failed to to begin to even promote these ideas, concepts, truths, whatever you want to call them, visions, to, to alert the people uh, that it is quite possible that in our generation, the Messiah is about to appear. And so that is why, getting back to Matthew 24, 3, Jesus kicks off uh, his response to his disciples by 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 saying the very thing that we're talking about that there would come many in his name in the last days purporting to be his servants purporting to be representatives of the kingdom of god supposedly uh men of god who know the word of god who even declare that jesus is the anointed one but in fact that they would be governed by a different spirit and seek to deceive now what is the deception that 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 would be uh, prop, uh, propagated upon the people the deception is this what Pastor Jeremy said or quoted was that all things remain the same since the father slept and also that scripture he quoted from Jesus that Jesus spoke of in verse 48 where he says in the parable that the evil servant says in his heart my Lord delays his coming so it's this pervading attitude amongst the leadership that causes the people to fall asleep to a point that they that that even if a sign came up and knocked them across the head, they wouldn't recognize it. <laughs> well, Go ahead. Go ahead. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. It, it, it's clear. Um, we're going to close it off here, but it's it's clear that uh, without a shadow of a doubt, we are in the last days. And yes. and oh boy, I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface. Uh, we wanted to get into talk about the signs that are uh, surrounding us as we speak. Uh, we haven't yes. got to it uh, yet. We will in, in later uh, podcast programs yes. uh, that will be coming to the people. But uh, it's, it's definitely clear that, that we are seeing signs that uh, are astronomical, literally. And, yes. And, 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 and before we close, I want to give some closing words. You, Brother Marty, for the people, and and if you could yes. just uh, pray for the people as we close. Absolutely, and 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 that is that is the thrust of as and, and it's really it's really appropriate the way the Lord led this first our very first broadcast because we've covered a wide variety of things, but 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 what the main issue was there's 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 two camps within the hmm. religious system itself. Those right. that see the signs. And those that don't, and 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 the people are literally being divided into these two camps. There are those that are sensing, as the disciples came to him privately on the Mount of Olives, like we were talking about, saying, "Tell us, we need to know." So it speaks of an intimacy, and we talked about asking the right questions. And then there's those who, frankly, are so intertwined with their everyday life and uh, that they go through the religious motion but they never develop the relationship to the point that they're they're being driven by a desire for for his return and so when the signs begin to happen they don't even notice them as a matter of fact as pastor jeremy right. pointed out earlier right. they mock it and say eh, it's always been this way I, I, we've all heard right uh well it's always been this way uh, we just notice it more now because, you know, we've got the Internet, we've got TV, we've got so we hear it more. No, 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 no. Uh, the truth of the matter is is that is that the signs are abounding. And, and as we go forward in these podcasts, we're going to get deeper into these things. 
and, and we are going to show you by the help and the grace and the mercy of, of the Spirit of Almighty God how it, how we believe, and I believe I can say this confidently, speaking for, for you two, that we are undeniably at the doorstep of yes, the fulfillment absolutely. of the Word of God. It, it, if, in fact, not even at the doorstep, we've crossed over the threshold. We are actually living. Remember what Jesus said in verse 8 now, and, and we'll, we'll close with this and then we'll give the invitation, but he goes on to say, he goes on to say you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars, and, and earthquakes right. in, in diverse places. We mentioned that at the beginning of the broadcast. You know, in other places where at the same discourse in Luke, he, Luke brings out where Jesus said the sea and the waves would be roaring, hurricanes. He's talking about hurricanes like and, 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 and those kinds of things. And then, but he says that all these things would begin to happen at the same time. That would be the marker. That would be the identifying mark that should cause us to be alerted. First, the men of God, alerting the men of God that, that okay, this is happening all at the same time. Therefore, our responsibility is to begin to proclaim it to the people, which is why we have joined together uh, uh, and, and begun these podcasts, because we believe that we are hearing from the Spirit of God through the scriptures and through the signs that abound all around us now. And remember, we started out talking about August the 21st. That was a marker when we had that total eclipse of the sun that, as Pastor Jeremy pointed out earlier, was only visible across the North American continent. It wasn't seen anywhere else in the world, just the North American continent from Oregon to South Carolina. Maybe the next podcast we could touch on that. Yes. Yes, and, and we'll begin from there. Just make a note of it. We'll, we'll start from there and we'll continue in Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13. Well, we're going to go all through these scriptures and we're going we're gonna to see that these things should not come upon us unaware as those that have not been informed. And let me, let me complete the thought that I had earlier, which was I thought this is really unfair that all these people, you know, uh, lost their children. And it is in the natural if we mm-hmm. look at things the way men do. But the Lord told me, listen, and and uh, it was written in my word, right? In, uh, uh, right. That, that that Rachel would be weeping for her children, but that yeah. she would not be comforted. So in other words, the word of God had warned generations that there would come a time where exactly what Herod did to all the babies was going to happen. And we all wow. know one thing, at least if you're spiritual, yes, you indeed. know. That when there's evil, you can sense it. When when the spirit of God is moving, you can sense it. When there's when when there's satanic evil moving through the land, you can sense it if you're spiritual. So, and I and I'm I'm just going to throw this this little blanket out there to all you fathers that are listening out there. It was the responsibility of the man of the house to know the word of Almighty God. He was the right. one that went to the synagogue. He was the one that had the right to read the Torah. It, it had been placed there for all of Israel to read and for every man of the house to know, to understand, and to be spiritually adept enough to protect his family. So God is not without witness in this and in that he left his word for generations to warn. It was the failure from the top to the bottom of that generation to create the kind of spiritual climate necessary 
to that that their that their spiritual antenna would be at a heightened level so that they could pick up the the signals that would take place within the spirit realm themselves as well as what was taking place in the natural because the two were converging and so they would have preserved their children they could have saved their firstborn had they been spiritually tuned in to the word of god and the spirit of god and and the signs that were abounding the the shepherds that the bible says went throughout all the hill countries of judea saying that 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 a christ child had been born everything that was happening all the signs that were abounding but so great was the slumber that they that they ignored uh what they were being told and prophetically warned by uh through the spirit that they were without excuse it should have driven them to uh, a place where at least go open the Torah or go ask your local rabbi what the heck is going on, man. You know, <laughs> what's happening? But but they didn't do it. They didn't do it because they were infected with the virus of religion. They were content wow. to give forth a show of piety but denying the power thereof. And so we know that God is a righteous God, a merciful God. And that they are without excuse. And so this generation of believers now, I'm not talking to those that aren't saved now. I'm talking to the believers. We are without excuse for we are witnessing some of the greatest uh, signs in the natural that you can possibly imagine. I remember reading the prophetic scriptures for the first time when I was 14 years old. And I remember thinking back then, my God, when these things begin to happen, it'll be so obvious. There'll be this fantastic revival. It'll be breaking out all over the place because people will be undeniably in the face of the witness of the natural calamities and the wars and the famines and the pestilence and all that stuff. How could you not say, my God, the Lord's coming back? But in fact, the opposite has taken place. The leadership is asleep. My God. The, 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 the leadership at the top level. Is, is has become uh, just like the leadership was in the days of of of, of the birth of, of of Jesus, absolutely corrupted from the top all the way through the ministry down to each and every level, even down to the very local church itself. Uh, not everybody now, but a great enough majority to where the responsibility as their shepherds, uh, as being shepherds over the people, has been abdicated. And another spirit has come over them in, in that they are preaching madness and silliness and stupidity and, and self-seeking uh, naturalistic kind of messages that take the people away from the expectation of the coming of the Lord. And that is why we are compelled to talk to you about his coming, because we know he's coming. We, it is not just that we, we, we know it because we, we know it. No, no, no. The word of God is proclaiming to us. The signs are around us. Everything that is happening just within the last 29 days is telling us Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Yeah, are you ready? Well, and so that is that is what we would extend the invitation to you that are listening today. Do you know him as your Lord and your Savior? Have you accepted him into your heart? Have you Have you noticed what is taking place and wondered something is going on? Yes. That is the Spirit of God that's been talking to you. That is the Spirit of God that has been saying, yes, I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you into my kingdom. I'm inviting you into my home. I'm inviting you to become part of my family. Well, you would say, how do we do that, Brother Marty? Well, it's very simple. The Bible simply proclaims that if you believe in your heart and you confess it with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. 
for the Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, there's no qualification there other than being a human, a whosoever, <laughs> whosoever <laughs> believes in him shall not perish, yeah. but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so we challenge you this day to keep looking up and to ask him to come into your heart, to cleanse you of your sins, and to receive him as your Lord and Savior. And today could be the very beginning of the first day of your your new life that will never end. And, and we will stand on that day rejoicing around the throne of our Lord and our God and say, truly, truly, God is good. Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Fernando, would you would you pray with the people now? And wait a minute, Brother Jeremy. I just want I, I just want I just sense this in my heart. You, you're listening right now, uh, and we're speaking to you on the eve of, of, of Rosh Hashanah, the new beginning of of, of, yeah. of God's calendar to the Jew. Today could be your new beginning, and um, and uh, maybe maybe you you don't know how to pray. Uh, and so we're going to lead you in this little prayer. And, and man of God, would you, would you just repeat after me is, and help whoever's listening right now? Uh, you yeah. want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Just say this little prayer after me. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Father. We come to you in Jesus' name. We come to, we come you, to you in Jesus', Jesus name. name. Father, I admit that I am a sinner. Father, I admit Father, that I am a sinner. I am a sinner. And that I am in need of a Savior. And that I am in need of a Savior. I have heard your word today. I have heard your word, have today. Heard your word today. And the invitation that you have given. And the invitation, and the invitation that, you have, that given. you have given. That if I come to you and lay down my life. That if I come to you and lay down my life. And ask you to come into my heart. Ask you to come into my heart. That I will be saved. That I, will be that I will be saved. So right now, I ask you to come into my heart. So right now, I ask you to come into my heart. Into my heart. And to give me a brand new life. And to give me to a give brand, me new life. brand new life. For I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. For I accept Jesus I accept Christ Jesus as my Lord, and my, Lord and, my and my Savior. And my soon coming King. And my soon coming King. And because of these things right now, Lord. And because of these things right now, Lord. According to your word. According to your word. I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, we, we, we just we just rejoice with you. The Bible says that yes, even yes. the very angels in heaven are they're having a party right now because your name is being written down <laughs> in the Lamb's book of life, man. And, 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 and we look. We may not see you in this life, but we're going to see you soon. We we know that 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 you will be amongst those that that will, will sing the praises of the King, for He's coming soon. Pastor Jeremy, would you would you close us out? Yes, if you would like to connect with us, we pray that this program has been a blessing to your life. We know it has, but if you'd like to connect with us, you can look us up at www dot world harvest ministries dot net or you can look us up at our facebook page at world harvest ministries you will find uh messages uh from brother marty pastor fernando myself and other world harvest ministers that i know will bless you 
articles, testimonies, and so forth. And we pray that you have been blessed. And as we like to say here at World Harvest Ministries, keep looking up. Mm-hmm.